Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast created to enlighten, inspire, and inform those who work in or depend on the world's most important endeavor, agriculture. Here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast. It's me, Damian Mason, with a great show for you today because I got a great guest. He's Carter Malloy, the founder of Acre Trader. If you are like me and you are involved on social media and all these other digital platforms, you probably get digital ads from Acre Trader. Their company is doing an amazing job of getting out there and exposing themselves. Wait a minute. Did I say exposing themselves? Exposing themselves to you, the agricultural professional. We're going to talk about farmland investing done almost as a mutual fund because that's what Acre Trader does. And I'm going to talk about the future, what this means, or is this way it's going to be moving forward as uh, land, our most precious asset in agriculture, is going to probably evolve a little bit on how it's owned, how it's transacted, and how you go about acquiring it or renting it for your farming operation. Before we get into talking to Carter, I want to remind you that this episode of the Business of Agriculture is brought to you by my good friend, Nick Horeb, who founded Harvest Profit. Harvest Profit is a software company. They created a software solution for your agricultural enterprise that will make you more profitable. You know, you've got millions of dollars of capital at risk, all these dollars at play every day. Why don't you have a software solution that helps you monitor and manage that to attain profitability for your operation. Go to harvestprofit.com for your free 14-day trial. All right, Carter Malloy, founder of Acre Trader. I see your ads. I've been hearing about you. I saw something on media about you doing a good job with your uh, PR and outreach. And I'm like, what is this company doing? Oh, they're doing a thing where they're just allowing people to take money and invest it in your company, which then owns farms. Give me the background. Yeah, th- thanks, Damien. Uh, Damien, thanks for having me on. Uh, so the, the background of our company is pretty straightforward. I, I, like most listeners here, probably grew up in an ag family. I uh, had a little bit of a different career path, but I spent a dozen years or so in, in professional investing uh, outside of ag. So it's working primarily in technology, uh, while in the background, certainly staying plugged in with my dad and my, my brothers on, on the farm and, uh, and also buying, and buying some farmland myself. What, what I found in that, in that experience was, was some uh, we all love land. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably love land and, and love farming. Uh, really in, in enjoyable, enjoyed owning land, investing in land, working with farmers, uh, but was having really poor experiences, right? In that, I think uh, most of us are aware of the, the, there are some great brokers out there. You mentioned Halderman earlier. We're, we're big fans of their operation, but, but not many act like that, right? A lot of it is email forwards around of unlisted properties. And, and we're speaking about 50 or $100 billion of farmland is sold in the United States every year. Out, okay, out of three, let's, 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 get, let's just make sure we just, let's just back here. 50 to $100 billion worth of farmland is transacted annually in the United States of America. 50 with a B, that is correct. Okay, now that's a big number. And I always point out most, uh, if you're an agricultural person, meaning you're operating out there, the bulk of your holdings are in land. We all know that that's the old story. And we also know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are like you and I, they're from a farming background and they maybe went to college like you and I did and went to the good land grant school, like there in Fayetteville where you are or West Lafayette where I went and then worked in industry and then say, okay, now I own 80 acres with my sister or, or whatever that thing might be. So there's all these people out here that are doing this. And you looked around and said, 
you mentioned Halderman. They've been a two-time guest on my podcast. You're talking about farmland values, but they didn't talk as much about the future of transactions. So you started this company, Acre Trader, and you had already been sort of buying some farmland with your family and you're around it there in Arkansas. And and you're saying, we could maybe do something else. So take me from the the genesis of it, if you will. Uh, uh, So uh, had some friends that, that wanted to invest in farmland as well. And, and I, I went online and there's this moment of, oh my gosh, there's this multi-trillion dollar app with a T this time, right? Like $3 trillion of farmland in the United States. It's a big, big number. And, and yet all of the things we've become accustomed to in the world of, if you want to buy or sell a, a commercial building, or you buy or sell your home, uh, all the things that, that we all know, Zillow does not exist in, in the world of farmland, right? There's no underlying substrate of, of data out there so we can all understand the, the asset class well. And so it seemed like there was a, a, a real gap in this market uh, to connect capital with farmers. And, and I think that's that at the core of what we do. You, you mentioned a moment ago, you get your first 80 acres uh, or whatever it may be. We, we work with farmers. That, that is the core goal of our business. Is, is, and that's where most of the farmland we buy comes from. I'll, I'll give you an example in, in your backyard, a farmer in Indiana comes to us and says, hey, this is, be- you know, I'm growing my operation. There's this beautiful farm. It's a million and a half dollars. I've saved up a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. I can't buy it. The bank, you know, the bank won't give me a loan, even if they would. I don't really want to work with the bank. Uh, could you guys raise the capital with me? So we work with that farmer. We go and raise the capital uh, with, with an LL, with a unique LLC. Our investors through our website very quickly and easily invest into that LLC to buy that farm. The farmer invests in that LLC and then that farmer now is, is, has added to their operation by, by purchasing that from somebody that was uh, retiring in that case. But, but that, that's the goal is we help farmers grow and, and grow their operations by, by being a capital partner and being a quick capital partner that provides access to capital. We, we do land improvements, right? We're, we're there to, for, for CapEx, for fixes, et cetera. And, and we do so very rapidly. We buy about a farm a week. I think we buy more farms than anyone in the U.S. at this point. Okay, but, so that, let's let's go ahead and just because I think the process is is kind of an interesting deal there. So um, I'm an operator in whatever you know, my home state of Indiana, Arkansas, Nebraska. It don't matter where. And I say I'm going to expand. Um, I want to expand, and I've got this lead on this uh, you know 160 acres down the road here, and this is what the price is. So if it's going for auction. Uh, you either got to have that money deployed right now, or then it's saying it's private treaty. I'm going to buy it from the, you know, the family that I've always farmed before, whatever. So then they come to you and say, here's the number. And then you put it out there. Cause I've been to your website, acretrader.com, I think it is. And you'll say, here's a current listing, but is that land already bought? Did acre trader buy it? We, we usually for, for a unique parcel, we will, we will establish an LLC, right? A company to go buy that one parcel of farmland. Uh, so we'll establish the LLC, put that on our website. The investors will fill it up with cash and then we go buy it. But, but that whole process happens inside of 30 days, right? So we, we close on a purchase faster than uh, just about anybody in, in terms of uh, buying a piece of farm ground. So you're doing this, that is the issue of time is what you're saying there. So I've got this thing down the road and I've already got it pretty well secured. It's just that I need to get it bought. Um, <clears throat> and that's when I, I can go to your system. That works fine because then you put it on your website and you say 160 acres in Nebraska, um, you know, whatever, call it six grand an acre, whatever that number is. That's what, 920, um, <clears throat> um, something like that, 960. Okay. Um, then um, 
then you say, okay, we need $960,000 and uh, the minimum bid on this. So, or minimum, minimum uh, in, not bid, minimum uh, investor. So if I'm just scouring your website and say, I've got a hundred grand to deploy, I can put in on that. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. Then I own shares in Nebraska 160 LLC or whatever you should call that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And for the investor, from the investor standpoint, we oversee management, administration, insurance, taxes, uh, you know, or tax payments, I should say, uh, distributions, right? So collecting fees and paying them out, oversight of, of the land, working with the farmer, et cetera. From the farmer's perspective, they, deal, they don't deal with all those investors. They deal with us. And we have a team dedicated, our, our farm operations team, which is uh, six people a day and growing very quickly. We have a team dedicated to uh, making sure that that is easy for the farmer as well. Uh, so if they have one person to speak to, if they need something, we answer the phone immediately. If something needs to be fixed, we do it immediately. Uh, so, so it's a great partnership for the farmer and a great partnership for the investors. Carter, all of these LLCs, we just said Nebraska 160 LLC, just as, as an example, um, is then held in, managed by Acre Trader. That's correct. And then, but it's owned obviously by the people that put into it. So it could be 30 people, somebody that's as low as $20,000 in that investment, or somebody that's as much as $300,000 of that investment are owners. And it's obviously proportional, uh, just like if you owned anything on any shared arrangement. Trader manages that. And you just said something about they call your office. The farm guy says, tile's broken down, got a drainage problem, uh, got a big erosion problem, need to get with NRCS and set up some some wash cobs and some uh, erosion control issues. Who handles that? So we do and or the local managers that we work with. But what is, what is important is that we do so very quickly. In, in the past where that farmer may be calling a, uh, an individual farm owner that retired and is running it to them, they may not have the capital uh, on hand to make those improvements or th- those repairs. Uh, we, we're here and we, we do so immediately. And, and usually when we buy a farm, we want to upgrade it upfront, right? Okay. So, so any, like in the, in the case of uh, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, uh, you know, where lots of tiling that takes place down here in Arkansas, where I live, uh, we focus much more on wells and pivots. Um, but we, we want to make those improvements up front so that immediately upon buying the farm, we are delivering the farmer uh, something that's high quality and, and relatively easy to farm. By the way, now, I there's, always there's no easy out. farming, but relative to other farms, maybe. <laughs> What's that? I see saying relatively easy to farm. There's no easy farming, but uh, you know, we, we want to deliver a high quality piece. Yeah, of Yeah. You want to make it so that there's not all kinds of issues with uh, infrastructure breakdowns, et cetera. Okay. So uh, Carter, I always have to do this. Uh, we have people that listen to this that might be cranberry processors in, in Cape Cod, or they might be equipment dealers in, uh, uh, you know, Brawley, California and everyone in between. We've just mentioned it, tiles. And so they're saying, what the hell are they talking about? I got a tile roof on my house. Uh, we're talking about drainage, which is an important issue in parts of most of the, the Midwest and the Corn Belt, where we have uh, copious amounts of precipitation. And then the issue becomes, we want to make sure that we can, so it's called drainage tile. So dear listener, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it's a common thing that we have to do in terms of uh, upgrading the, the uh, property to make sure that's properly drained. Is that, that a good assessment there, Carter? That, that's great. In the Midwest, we worry about getting water off the farm. In the Delta, we worry about how we get the water on the farm and then back off of it again. And on the West Coast, we worry about, can we get water at all? That's that's a great assessment. And uh, I did a gig years ago for uh, cotton people in the West 
And I said, this is so interesting how you guys just are fighting and you just, you know, it's always an issue about, can you get a drop of water? And he said, well, you know, it's different out here in the West than it is in the Midwest where you're from. I said, how so? He says, whiskey's for drinking, but water's for fighting. So uh, I thought that's an interesting deal. Okay. You said you got six employees there at Acre Trader that just handle the management part of it. So kind of give me a little, um, give me a little setup there around Acre Trader. What happens? Yeah, they, they, they declare they, they work on the farm operation side as a whole. So, so beyond just management, but uh, what, what happens here at Acre Trader? We are about uh, 25 employees today. Uh, I think that will grow to uh, 40 to 50 by the end of this year. So, so we are a very fast growing company. Uh, you know, for, for us, providing good outcomes to both sides of our marketplace, both investors and farmers, uh, proves that, that helps, you know, most of our business comes to us organically, not from those, from those Facebook ads or, or uh, Twitter ads, but, but actually people who've been referred by a friend, right? So we're experiencing rapid growth. We have lots of employee growth within the company. Uh, those employees tend to be split roughly half and half, half engineering, so, so people that are working on software and, and solving problems with, with code and half operational folks. So people that are, they're working on actually running the business and working with our partners, uh, et cetera. Okay. So half on, give me again, the, the job, the assignments, the, what is it these people are doing half and half is what? Uh, it's engineering. So, so building software, right? Ones and zeros and, and operations. Uh, so, so running the business and working, working with our uh, partners and, and stakeholders throughout. I understand. Uh, I like that you used the word stakeholder. It is the buzzword of the year 2021. Everything's about stakeholder, stakeholder capitalism, stakeholder investment, stakeholder responsibility, stakeholder, stakeholder, stakeholder. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I mean, call me old school. Uh, the term may change, the word may change, but we believe very, very strongly that if we provide those people with good outcomes, yeah. whether that's the farmers, the investors, or other partners around our business, if, if we are straight up with them and transparent and we provide them with good outcomes, our business will grow. That's that is old school. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's, um, it's, it's uh, not that we're altruistic or, you know, the ultimate sweethearts. It's that that's just a pretty simple, simple rule to abide by. That Unfortunately, too many people uh, seem, seem to forget. That's an accurate. That's an accurate statement. Too many people do forget it. You know, I, I always think about that, that, uh, if, you know, was, we love to say the words about win, 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 win situation. Like, well, you know what? Really, the main thing is uh, provide what your business purports to provide and, and do so effectively. And then you'll probably be OK. Um, how long have you been around Acre Trader? A little over three years. Okay. And the vision. You're sitting there. I mean, yeah, a couple people approached you. You're a young guy with, uh, you know, you're in your late 30s now. So it was a few years ago. You're sitting there. You've been in finance. You've got uh, certainly agricultural ties. And you said, I got these people that I'm uh, drinking a beer with. And they said, hey, I want to buy some of that farm ground. And then you probably said, well, how much money you got? And they said, 20 grand. You said, good luck. <laughs> five acres, uh, three acres. That's right. What happened? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I don't need to explain anything else. Uh, that's, that's exactly the case is uh, a, a lot of individuals in the U S want to be involved in agriculture. This is the, like the great American pursuit. It's the number one most respected industry in the United States is agriculture. And, and so people do want to be involved and, uh, unfortunately, the, the reality is if you want to buy a farm, in, in most cases, that means for most people uh, going out to a county you, you may not have a lot of familiarity with, meeting with a broker you probably never met, and plopping down a million dollars, and now you get to uh, manage a farm and work with a farmer that you may have not met before. It's just a non-starter for, for just about everyone involved. Uh, 
Right. Uh, and, and on the other side of our, of our business, uh, farmers want to grow their, grow their business and grow their operation. They want to find ca- uh, a, an efficient capital partner. And, and that's what we, we provide as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a real good assessment right there. So uh, I remember years ago, I was that guy and I had a farm background. I was hunting pheasants on my brother-in-law's farm in West Central Indiana. And he's like, hey, man, your political comedy show is taking off, right? And like, I'm not trying to count your money, but why don't you buy some farm ground? I said, you want me to buy farm ground? And I said, then why? He says, well, then I'll farm it. And that's when I'm like, well, yeah, of course you need land and you need money somebody, a capital partner. I said, but how the hell? I was like, well, again, I know you, but and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm starting to make money in political comedy, but not like 160 acres of Benton County, Indiana money, <laughs> uh, you know, because it's the bite is too big. So you kind of mutual funded it. You said, all right, what if we did this thing? So like that buddy you're drinking beer with uh, four, five, three, four, five years ago, you said, all right, you got 20 grand. And you went around the table and said, all right, well, how much would you put in? And they said, well, I'll throw in 40 and I'll throw in 30. And all of a sudden you had a hundred, $200,000, maybe enough to buy something. Take me from there. You came up with a vision, right? Which is a very important part. I talk about this, Carter, in my book, Do Business Better. One of the four traits of entrepreneurial success is vision. So tell me about the vision. You said idea becomes vision. How? Well said. So uh, idea was was fairly simple. Uh, This market is inefficient and is providing poor outcomes for those involved and is not providing access for a lot of other people that want to be involved. Right. So so starting out, we've always had three principles, guiding principles that we seek to provide to the market, access, liquidity and transparency. And, and, and all three of those are, are absolutely critical. And all three of those are unfortunately fairly devoid th- throughout the market, uh, if, if, if even non-existent in some places. Other places, one, two, one or two of those are great. And a third's poor. Uh, that that's our commitment: is is liquidity, access, transparency, and go. I like I like it. So liquidity, uh, liquidity meaning on acre traders part or the people that you work with. Give me that whole thing. Yep. If you want to sell a farm, being able to do so efficiently and knowing what that thing should actually be worth, and knowing what you're going to get and doing so quickly. Okay. Uh, access for all those people around the table with the twenty grand that could not get access before, uh, and access for the farmers to capital. Right. So so e- each of these. Uh, apply to both sides of, of the marketplace. And then transparency, really crucial, uh, no BS. You know, just just don't bullshit people. It happens way too often. Uh, too much misinformation is spread. Too many people are taken advantage of. And and again, going back to that like ridiculously old school thing of just be an open book and, and some people aren't going to like it and that's okay. Uh, but some people are going to understand what we do and that we want to provide good outcomes and, and we'll be excited to work with us. I like it. Talking to Carter Malloy, the founder of Acre Trader, we're going to uh, get a lot more information and a lot more in depth because I've got 16 more questions on this piece of paper. We're not even going to get to them all, dear listener or viewer. And you're saying, wait, viewer, what are you talking about? Reminder that this is not just an audio podcast. You can get it wherever you get your audio podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever. But it's also a video, has been for over a year now. Go to the Damian Mason channel, go on YouTube and just type in Damian Mason channel. And you know what? 
please subscribe. And you'll see there is my Business of Agriculture and my Do Business Better podcast, as well as my agricultural commentary and all kinds of stuff I share out there. Hit subscribe. It'll help me a lot. This episode of the Business of Agriculture is brought to you by Harvest Profit. Harvest Profit is a software solution for your agricultural enterprise to manage the ins and the outs and the flows that your business needs to keep an eye on. And sometimes it drives you crazy. You don't want to fool with it, right? You're beyond using a notepad from the seed corn company in the glove box of your truck, all right? Use Harvest Profit. Go to harvestprofit.com for a free 14-day trial. Carter, was that not somewhat brilliant there, just putting in the whole the sponsorship? You know, did you like that, Carter? Fantastic. Yeah. I was going to tell you, you're, you're pushing video too, but I've been told I got a face for radio, so um, maybe we'll stick to the podcast. Good-looking guy. Good-looking guy. So if you're a listener, you ought to log on to YouTube and see Carter. He's wearing the very traditional Southern um, uh, somewhat plaid shirt. He's got – and he looks like he's straight out of an ag uh, business meeting in Arkansas. I've, I've seen this I've seen this look before. And he's got his Acre Trader um, logoed jacket on because he's a smart guy about product placement. So – Who's your investor? Okay, so we know that you say the farm person, like a farmer, when you when we get done, when this podcast is out, I have a feeling, and I hope that it happens, there's going to be some farmer that says, I've got my eye on uh, an 80-acre chunk of ground down the road here in Ohio. Uh, owner wants to sell it to me. Can I partner with Acre Trader? So th- that's kind of what you'd like to see happen, right? That's right. And then who are your investors? So our investors, first, they are U.S.-based. Uh, so all of our investors today are, are all uh, United States people, uh, entities or, or individuals. Right? Yeah, so, so we're, yeah, we, we're, we, 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 people get really worried about the whole China thing. So China, we, is, not, China <laughs> is not investing through Acre Trader. I was just going to say, we are not here from China, and we are not here to take your land. That Good. is uh, something that uh, we, right. we have to clarify too much. Unfortunately, some fans right there here on the Business of Ag podcast. Your investor is it? You know, we talked about the four people sitting around there at the tavern in Fayetteville drinking a beer with you that each had twenty grand. Is that who it is, or is it more like? Um, is it more like some uh, wealthy family, a wealth advisor that says? This family has ten million dollars. We'd like to deploy one million of it into this. Who is it? It is mostly people, individuals, right? So it, it is mostly that twenty thousand uh, dollar individual. Maybe they put in forty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, but but it is mostly individuals looking to invest. And the type of person is, and it's a, it's not intended to be a coy answer. It's everyone, right? So so it is it is folks um, uh, in in Chicago. That are, that are a doctor or a lawyer in Chicago. And it is people that live out on farms that, that always wanted to own a farm and they don't have enough capital to. And uh, that's perhaps the most exciting investor that we have. And it's in this really fast growing cohort of our investors is farmers themselves. Who've been watching us for a year and we, we get the calls all the time now. Hey, I've been, I've been creeping on you guys and watching the company for a year or two years and I'm getting more and more comfortable. And I see that you, know, you are in fact doing something good in my community. I know somebody that works with you. Uh, and so I'm going to come invest on the platform. And, and so that's, that's something that's very, very exciting for us is that really fast growth of, of farmers. You know, obviously we work on farmers on the supply side of our business, if you will. But now on the demand side, on the investor side, we're, we're seeing just a lot of growth in farmers investing on our platform. Well, and, and I've, I've, you're not the first company I've had that's in a sort of a different kind of a concept because this is where I see, I see a lot of things changing on how the farmland asset is owned. 
And if I also see new revenue sources. You know, the solar thing has people in my part of the world, their panties are just, just tighter in hell right now over this. And I'm not sure I disagree. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues with uh, 50 year leases for crying out loud on these solar farms. So there's a lot of things changing out here. You know, you drive by and you see that acre of rice or corn or whatever, rice in your part of the world, corn in my part of the world. And you think, what's going on here? So I, I see this, but is this destabilized land? You know, Carter, this was grandpa's farm and then grandpa uh, handed it down and then the grandkids sold it to, uh, you know, the millers down the road and the millers been farming this part of the world forever. By God, it's a lot of tradition and a lot of stability. And then here comes some guy, some money guy. And he says, yeah, we're just going to make this like a mutual fund. We're going to buy it and then we'll sell it in five years. Is it destabilized? What's the effect? Yeah, it, it is. It is not uh, in any way, shape, or form. And I'll name a couple of reasons why. And I'm, I'm uh, happy to, to discuss the question. I, I think first and foremost is the world is changing, right? And and we ask people that don't like what we do. You know, we do get that. We hear that sometimes. Hey, you're just nasty money people coming to take advantage of me. Like, call us, speak to us, and and recognize that that we too are humans and we're on your side. Read our website. Right? We we are again, we're an open book. We're big believers in transparency. Uh, and, and we are absolutely not out to destabilize anything. If, 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 if anything, it's, it's the inverse of that, right? We, we do help provide stability uh, in a lot of places. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I also want to call out, like, we are a company, we're, we're tiny, right? We, we have, uh, you know, the acres are measured in the thousands. Maybe we've got you know, upwards of, of $100 million invested. Okay, Real quickly, you said we're tiny, but this isn't tiny compared to somebody like me that owns 280 or 300 acres. The number of acres that Acre Trader controls right now is? Uh, it's a, approaching 10,000, right? So we're approaching $100 million of investments in, in farmland. Okay. Uh, that is tiny, right? Yeah. We're, it, we're in a world of, of just in the United States with, with $3 trillion of farmland, right? So, so we are not even a mat. And so when, when we talk about destabilizing or us influencing pricing or moving things around or hurting things, like that, that is absolutely... Uh, not uh, the just in, in, in the grand scheme of things, not what we see. And and again, we we help uh, with, with those farmers, right? We are helping them grow their operations. We, we were talking a moment ago about diversification and about farmers investing on a platform. That's another interesting aspect too. Is uh, we see some farmers. Indiana is a great example right now. Land prices are absolutely on fire, right? And, and we see some folks that own a bunch of acreage to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll lighten up on some of my farmland around here but I still like farmland. They can now work with us and own farm, own a little bit of farmland that's growing pecans in Georgia, that's growing rice in Mississippi, and that's growing almonds in California and, and get a wider amount of exposure rather than having it all in one corner of one county. Yeah, that's, that's the tough part. You know, all my eggs in one basket. Uh, people, ag people love owning land. It's, uh, it's stable. People say that. I went through the bad 80s where I saw it get uh, cut by 70% in value and people were obligating 18% money on that. So when people like to talk about the stability of land, I, I've, I've, I've seen, I, I was poor in the eighties because of the decisions my parents made on buying a chunk of ground back then. So, uh, but you're right. You can now say, Hey, I've got my 160 acres in Nebraska, but I'm also going to uh, invest in acre trader as a farm person, because then I can own part of a almond grove in California and a rice field, Mississippi. I think that's smart. Um, so you're, you're, you're convinced that it's not destabilizing. And I agree with you. I just had to ask that question because I got to be that way. You publish yields and returns on your website. Now, 
I own farm ground, first off, uh, you're basically, you know, you're talking cash on cash, you're talking cash on leverage, and then also you got the issue that rents go up or rents go down. So how do you account for that? The, the brief answer is uh, we assume stability, right? So it, the, the long-term trajectory of rents is, is slowly uh, increasing, right? The value of land is increasing. The value of commodities is increasing. And we certainly have boom and we have bust years in farmland. We've had six pretty crappy ones. This one's finally looking like it's going to be a, a great one. Uh, and, and so what, what we often do is we work with flex leases so that um, so we can actually reduce the, the cash component of the lease and then participate in the upside alongside the farmer should, should there be a great year. Um, in other places, we'll use straight cash leases if the farmer prefers that. Uh, if, if we're working in on the West Coast with, with apples, as, as an example, uh, we may do more of a, of a revenue share arrangement. So there's, there's a variety of ways we work with the farmer. Uh, but importantly, we, we don't get uh, aggressive nor speculative in our terms, returns assumptions. Understood. You own anything that is, um, you mentioned apples, you mentioned almonds, you mentioned rice. We talk about cropland, corn, soybeans, wheat, whatever. You own any forestry for paper or lumber? We don't today. We, we've done a lot of work there and we, we may in the future, but today we're focused on productive agricultural ground. Okay. Okay, example from beginning to end, uh, on average, you talk about, you know, you, you get a lot of pitches, uh, you see a lot of stuff. And yeah, if I, if I put the word out tomorrow, hey, I've got $100 million, I'm ready to spend it. I, I'm sure there'd be all kinds of people saying, oh, well, y'all do this, you know, buy these. How's the stuff come to you? And then tell me the process from there. Most of the farms that we see come to us from farmers. Uh, so, so that's, that's far, farmers bringing us a farm that, that may be on the market, maybe not listed. Uh, and, and then we go from there. So we, we have a diligence team. We use data science, geospatial analytics. Uh, those things sound neat and flashy, but the reality is it's a lot of manual work. It's a lot of boots on the ground to understand the actual farm. Yep. Uh, we, we, uh, within our industry, if you will, there, there's this growth of what we call Excel farming. Uh, and that is not a great way to, uh, to buy a farm nor to manage a farm is, is from, a, from, a, from an arm seat. So we, we do get our hands dirty. You know, a lot of the folks in our office, I say most wear boots to work every day. Uh, so so we, we do have a lot of farmers and farm manager type of folks within the office um, to, to do the diligence component of that. Then you're right. We, we ultimately don't do the extreme majority of farms we look at. And I'll give you a quick explanation of, of why. We look for three things in a farm, and that is the, the soil, the water, and the financial profile, right? And in all three of those, there, there are idiosyncrasies from one parcel to the next. Uh, and, and there's all kinds of pluses and minuses and considerations you have to make. Uh, but ultimately we, we are looking for high quality farms and high quality farmers to work with. So that's, that's one of the, the most material financial considerations is, is the tenant we're working with, our partner, this farmer here, are they good? Uh, are they gonna treat the land well? Uh, and and are, you know, do they have respectful practices are they well known in their community uh so so all those things are important to us and but you don't and and that's not you can find an operator presumably it's more about finding the right property comes first and then you can always find an operator right yes well in in corners of indiana like like Certainly, there's lots of farmers, you know, because it tends to be smaller parcels, higher value, more, more tenant uh, changeover. Uh, but we prefer stability with tenants, right? So we're, we don't really, we're not out to shop the tenant every year and, and squeeze an extra five bucks a round of them uh, to, to get the, another new tenant. 
uh, that, that can lead to a lot of bad practices, uh, nutrient mining, and, and, and frankly, just like pissing people off. And that's just, we, we do, you know, we, we are um, uh, long-term greedy, as I think every, everybody in business should be, right? Focusing on the short term and, and scraping people for a few bucks extra rent here and there uh, is not a practice that we, and, and we see investors do that. Uh, investment right. funds do that. It's not well, something yeah, that we invest in. This was a big thing six, eight years ago when the land prices were just going bananas. You know, they talked about, uh, they auctioned off cash rent. You know, you'd come out there in a pickup truck and then, uh, you know, the auctioneer gets out there and then takes his hammer and then, okay, you're on rent for the next year. And well, hell, we all know that then, like you said, nutrient mining, you're not going to, you're going to use, use that thing. So from a longer term thing, how long do you intend to hold most of these things? Some of them say five to 10 years on your website. Would it be 30, 50? We, we are looking to increase the duration of our farm holding periods. That, that is correct. Uh, so well, what the consideration is there is on the other side of that, the investor, how long do they want to have their money locked up? Mm. And so we, we are actively working on solutions for the investor to be able to free up their capital if, if they need to sell their shares to a friend or something. Uh, as we solve that side of the problem, then we can increase the duration of, of ownership period. Because, uh, again, five, five, 10 years is not, not long-term in the world of farmland. That's not. Demand for farmland fueled by grain rally. Monday, front page of the business section of the Wall Street Journal. They're talking about farmland up. It depends on what you, where you're talking, you know, 10%, 20%, 15%, whatever. We're in a really nice rally. So your phone is probably ringing. I've got my rich friend saying, man, maybe I should be buying land. As usual, they always want to buy it after it's already ascended in value. Are you telling your people that we're at a high and we might be going down? Just curious about your predictive uh, capabilities here, Carter. Um, we do not make near-term forecasts, right? So I, I think just as if you were investing in the S&P or any other asset class, you want to buy through cycles. Okay. Uh, do, if, if we stay at the corn prices we are and uh, bean prices we are today, we, this ain't done, right? Land prices are, are not finished with their rally. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I am, you know, personally, I won't speak for the company, but personally, I'm, I am uh, uh, very concerned about inflation. I'm very concerned about the, the negative impacts on our economy and on our, on our people. Um, but but the, the inverse of that is you do want to protect your investments and your portfolio from inflation. Farmland has, has proven over time to be as correlated, if not more, to inflation than gold. And I know you're, you, you tend, sounds like you may be a little bit of, a, of an inflation bug as well. Uh, so, you know, has there been a, a market rise in farmland prices in, in the last six months? No, no question about it. Right. Uh, over the next 10 years, is, is this as high as we're going to go? Uh, I, I would I'd, uh, debate you until I'm blue in the air is that it is not. Yeah, and of course, we've got cheap interest. Speaking of interest, none of your stuff's leveraged, right? It's all the people's money. You don't, you're not taking then, you're not taking their 20 grand and then leveraging it and using loans. It's just all the, those assets are paid for, right? With an asterisk. So uh, with row crop land, that is the case. We, every, uh, making sure I say this correctly, but I'm pretty positive. No, I am positive. Every row crop deal we've done. So Midwest and the Delta uh, without leverage. If, if there are permanent crops on the ground, then the cash yield of those permanent crops can support some leverage. We're still talking about small amounts. We're not levering it up like you would a, a retail building or your house. Okay. Um, but but so, we, we will use a little bit of debt. You maybe like have a 50% loan to value? Or less. That's right. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, if these people want to check out Acre Trader, Carter, what do they need to do? I'm an investor. I'm an agricultural person. I'm driving around right now. I'm selling seed. And I say, man, I got 20 grand. I'd like to be, how do I find you? 
anchortrader.com. You can call us, email us, chat on the website. We are here to speak to people. And that's if you want someone, to, if you need a buyer, if you need capital to buy the farm down the, down the road, but be, be, be cautious. Just because there's a farm down the road doesn't mean that you're going to buy it. Am I right? That's it's got to make land, water, operation, long-term potential value, et cetera, right? That's correct. AcreTrader.com. His name's Carter Malloy. I really appreciate you being on here. Um, I will remind you, dear listener and viewer, that Harvest Profit is the company that made this all possible. Actually, I made it possible with my brilliance and with Carter Malloy's brilliance, but the money to sponsor this episode came from my buddy, Nick Horeb, who founded Harvest Profit. Go to HarvestProfit.com for a software solution that will help your agricultural enterprise thrive. Carter, thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you, Damien. Bad. Good luck to you. Until next time, it's the business of agriculture. If you've enjoyed this episode of the business of agriculture, please share it with your network. Be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear, or Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com.